Brian. What's going on, brother? Um, Count that way. You, you, <laughs> <laughs> you had some issues showing up. It's fine. You're, a little you're, bit. You're they're, here. they're shutting down the border, it's, bro. Dude, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 so fun, it's funny that you struggled to cross the border from the U.S. to here. It's pretty. <laughs> I had to. Yeah, I I struggled more I, more than my parents did crossing from one side to the other. It's it's it's, it's a fun. full circle, dude. That most of the weed here in Tijuana comes from San Diego, <laughs> which is pretty wild to think about. Most of the people buying up houses here in Tijuana right now are. American. American. Oh, yeah. 90% of all new housing Americans are buying it. Why? The secret is out about Tijuana. Like all that stuff we do, all violent Tijuana, it's all propaganda. We don't, we want to keep people out. This is like Mexican Wakanda. Oh, dude, you definitely want to. <laughs> yes. That's what I mean. It's like you want people to be scared. I like that because yeah. I'm like, good. Now yeah. less people are going into Mexico. All those lines outside the taquerias and stuff like that, <laughs> man. A bunch of Americans there. We don't like that. So we're like, let's let's put some propaganda out there to keep them out. I guess. Not only that, like I, I, people just know, like I, when I was crossing over right now, this this white guy comes up to me because he I had to show my ID and everything. I'm like, I'm a freaking Americano, Chicano, and then trying to cross into Mexico and they're giving me all this bullshit. And this white guy walks right past me. He's like, you know, it's easier just to get a six-month pass. <laughs> he like he's telling me a white guy is telling a Mexican how to get into Mexico better. <laughs> it's beautiful. I mean, I like it with I, his I, flip flops and shit. You I, know love, I, mean? I love it. It's Tijuana is getting gentrified as a motherfucker, which is great. I mean, you know, but just oh, dude, it is. Even the the taxista when I was on my way over here, he's like, "Hey, man, esta esta zona está cabrona, Like he's telling yeah. me, and I'm like, "No worry." And then we pull up to the studio. It's like, "Oh, you're gonna be fine." Yeah, you're fine. It's a fine studio. <laughs> So we're in uh, Zona Norte, which is like, you know, man, when I was active, this was, this was it. Yeah. This is, this is like <laughs> district nine shit. You know, this is where the spaceship would land and have a bunch of those prongs living around here. There's just dark clouds over it at all times. Like <laughs> this is basically one of the largest drug markets on the planet used to be still in a lot of ways is around here. Like a lot of the Americas will cross either go to the sex light, red light district or just. Come over here and buy drugs. Oh, yeah. You know, just buy a little bit to have here and then a little bit to put on your balls and cross back. You know? <laughs> that's well, that's that's what I mean. It's like, dude, if it wasn't for Tijuana, a lot of white dudes would have been virgins for way is longer. It, is, it, is this your first time here in Tijuana? No, I've been at Tijuana before. I'm sorry. No, no, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so before before we went to Tijuana, we could leave that for the for the end of it, I guess. No, we can. Uh, so I've been following you for a while on social media. Thanks, man. Um, the, Same here. The, the specifically because of your, you know, you, your your background, your specific background as a Latino, right? Yeah. I'm from Mexico. Yo soy de aquí. Mexicano. And I immigrated to the U.S. and I've been trying to figure things out. Yeah. A lot of the issues I've had. You know, you would think, you know, maybe some racist white men <laughs> saying shit about me or something like that. But most of the shit I've gotten has been from the Latino community. Oh, yeah. You know, the woke Latinx. You We're know, hard, yes. We, we, we are, all of us are Aztecs somehow. You know, <laughs> that. We're all indigenous all of a sudden. All of a sudden, we're indigenous. Uh, I'm going to tell you what you need to do to fix shit in Mexico. Although I've never been to anything that is in a tourist place. Oh yeah, I'm that like, type. I don't know, but I, I'm trying to be open and talk to everybody and kind of figure things out. So I, um, one thing I put a lot of attention to is just you know comics and specifically young ones that, yeah. that, that are from a generation that I you know I'm, 
I'm working with, I have a lot of people that are my student base where I go and do classes where kind of the same generation and they're always looking at me like, hey, dude, yeah, um, you're a weird Mexican. <laughs> so why? They just don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's like, why am I weird? Like, you speak, like, you're, you're spoken English. Well, I'm, I'm a different type of migrant, I guess. I'm not the migrant that they would imagine. It's funny that most of the discrimination comes from that type of mindset about... It's, and here's the thing. It's not, it's not like racism. It's them just discovering yeah. more layers to it. Yeah. Oh. It's like when people travel to Mexico for the first time and they go to Mexico City and they see how international it is. Yeah. You see all type of Mexicano, like freaking tall huero. We all have one family and our person in our family that's like the huero with green eyes. Yeah. Like, eyes. What the fuck is happening with that man? <laughs> Yeah, a bunch of uh, a bunch of the uh, a bunch of the Irish uh, brigade guys in the last American Mexican War stayed. That's and betrayed, you know. So that's why. <laughs> I Hitler, mean, look at Canelo, dude. He's yeah, got he's probably one of them. You know, <laughs> he's got some Irish. He, in he probably sure. has some Irish in him. So uh, comedy. Yeah. You know? So we usually start these things from the beginning. Oh, you know? we can go all the way back. <laughs> all the way back. Like, yeah. Where were you born? Like, what, what's what's your background, dude? So. It's it's a pretty typical American story, but it's there's a lot of there's a lot of fluidity in it. Um, so my parents are originally from Ciudad Juarez. Okay. Yeah. That's, my both yeah. of your parents are from Ciudad Juarez. Ciudad Juarez, like Juarez, Juarez, Juan Gabriel. Juarez. You know. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Straight like, up. Like like Killing Fields Juarez also. Oh yes. Oh, I know you're gonna go. No, there. no. I, I'm. This is what I love about every guest you have on your podcast has like a gritty backstory they're like yeah when i was being my three friends were gunned down and i was held up in a safe house and I, and then i'm like the one guy i'm like hey i do stand up no that's great <laughs> i know i know that most comedy comes from a horrible place so i know you have some dark <laughs> probably so juarez juarez yeah so my parents uh they're from i guess what is it is it just after the boomer generation right um they were born in the 50 late 50s yeah so they were in a time in Mexico and Juarez where, like, there wasn't a lot yeah. of that. Yeah, they, 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 got, they got to see the classic Prosper. Simpsons border town. Yes. With the sombreros and saguaros, and it's fine. It's safe, kind of shady, but it's, it's fine. Literally, yeah. I mean, you know, kids can play out till, you know, sundown. They could, you know, go to the markets, everything. Like, they describe a version of Juarez that, like, no one, I think, can even imagine, yeah. you know? So, yeah, my parents would tell me, you know, going from Juarez, my dad grew up as poor as you can get in Juarez. Like, he grew up um, in a barrio where it was literally, like, most families was, like, six people to a 400-square-foot room, and people can't even imagine yeah. that. Like, he's he took me and my brothers one time, you know, obviously, you know, every Latino father, like, yeah, the origin story. and Six kids? Yeah, he has uh, five siblings, so yeah. he was one of six. Yeah, my, my, my dad was one of 12. Dude. They didn't have TVs back then. <laughs> You know, or that, pull out. Or, I, don't I, don't, I don't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> people were fertile as shit back then. So, so. And he grew up in the type of where it was like his dad also had like another family. Oh, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Secret family shit. Oh, Dude, yeah. that's so Mexican. That's, that's the, so Mexican. Every, yeah. And then at the funeral, you just meet all the relatives, all the other kids. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had a few, a few of our guys that would pass away. And, and then, then yeah. Like, yeah, that that's that segment is just for the wife. Oh, cool. And you're like, that's not his wife. 
<laughs> and then it was Jerry Springer at the funeral, you know? That's where the drama comes in, because then it's like, ah, con quien se va a quedar con la casa o la propiedad, right? It's always a property. There's always and a, some a, a lawyer <laughs> comes to have to see the papers and, like, figure out who was first. And that's usually <laughs> yeah. who wins. Because he's, I mean, do you think the gov the Mexican government oh in Ensenada and Tijuana talk to each other? Hell no. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, so he, he grew up in one of those situations. And, you know, early on, his pops just, you know, was like, see, I got another family. So he was telling me stories where him and my tios were like his, his brothers. They would have to go and make money, you know, because it was like one mom taking care of six kids. So she's like, I can only work so much, right? So she would do is literally do the classic, like, make food, snacks, you know, little dulcecitos at the house, and then my dad and my uncles had to go out and sell them. A basket and just on the street yes. corner. So they would literally do that, and then they discovered, they're like, hey, one day they realized, hey, we can make more money if we cross into the U.S., and instead of selling stuff, we could just plant ourselves outside of bars and start shoe shining. Because they're like, it's more of a skill. And when you say, like, across the board, these, they were... They would just jump over. Just jump over. Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously. No, back, no, back then there was they would get effect. the paperwork yeah. dead. <laughs> back then, it, it, was, it wasn't a, a wall. or It was just a fucking fence. There was no, yeah, there was no cameras or anything. But the thing that did, he would tell me, is, like, if you got caught, you would get fucked up. Like, back then... Like, who would, get, who would fuck you? The Border Patrol would yes. beat the shit out of you. So here's the thing. This is like pre cell phone camera, yeah, pre camera. Yeah. This is like the seven sixties. 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 Yeah, this is they're they're carrying around nightsticks and you're gonna get some of that. And dude, these guys are frustrated. Yeah. And you know, back then it's like now it's like, you know, policing is very it, it's it's very well people see documented. Yeah, people see, people watch. Yes, everybody's got a camera, everybody. So it's like, look, that you kinda want that, right? You want people in power with guns to be checked by by society. You want that. Back then... There's nobody. You're, it's just this kid who shoeshined illegally in, 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 in the U.S. and are... Yes. And get caught in the desert by these dudes with nightsticks. They're angry for their horrible jobs <laughs> watching this. They're, they're pissed. And back then, you know, they didn't make that much money. There wasn't, like, all the pensions and, like, all the shit that they got now. So, like, back then, they were like, hey, man, if, you know... If you get in trouble, they just move you to another, yeah. you know, destination. So, so or another. He, he got caught by them a few times. So he told me one instance, right, where he was crossing back and forth. They used to cross. They used to sit outside a bar, shoe shine for a couple hours, earn dollars, come back. And back then, if you earn, you know, ten dollars, you're like, that's dude, that's food for a week. Yeah. So they used to go hustle, and then again, if they come back, they get caught. The border patrol agents used to not only take tax, their shit. Tax them, yeah. Yeah, they would take all their money, empty out your pockets, any cash, so they lose everything. They would sometimes take their shoes from discouraging them because they're like, hey, you don't have shoes. You can't, you can't be crossing and walking yeah. back. Yeah, fuck, that's world. So then in one instance, he runs into a border patrol agent, and the border patrol agent has caught him twice before then. Uh, okay. And he was like, and my dad, again, he's one of those white Mexicans. He's got blue eyes. Okay. So he stands out. Yeah. They're like, so hey. You remember him. Yes. They're like, who's this güerito? And my dad's like, ¿Quién, quién? And they're like, yeah, güerito, ojos azules. And then they're like old white Texan guys, good old boys. And they're like, oh, ojos azules. You know what I mean? How they yeah. talk to you. Yeah, yeah. So he was like, yeah, he's like, hey, I've been seeing your ass. I've caught your ass twice. If I see your ass again, 
I'm going to do something to you to where you won't be able to walk. Like that. Mafia and shit. Mafia shit. Like, he's getting tired of catching the same kids. And keep in mind, my dad's like 12, 13 years old. So, you know, he's a seventh, eighth grader. So sure enough, he goes back. They go back. They let shit die down for a bit. They got to go earn money. They go get their shoe shine kits. They go back. They do it. They come back. All of a sudden, when they're crossing back, he just sees a truck pull up, like pull up right in front. And my dad was just like, immediately, he told me, he was just like, please don't let it be this guy. Like, let it be any other border agent. And then as soon as he rolls down the window, he's like, hey, ojos azules. And he was like, dude. fuck. Yeah, I'm fucked. So he t- gets out of the car, tells everyone to empty out their pockets. They lose their money. And then he was like, ojos azules. Like, I'm going to make an example out of you. This is all shit that he remembers, yeah, yeah. you know? He's like, what? And then he's like, turn around. And he goes, what the hell is this guy going to do to me? Turns around and he says, I just remember just everything going black. Doesn't remember anything. He wakes up with my Theo's kind of like waking him up, taking care of him. Turns out the dude just fucking kicked him as hard as he could in the ass. And it was so hard, I think the pain just knocked him out. And a grown man doing this. And he says, he was like, I couldn't walk for a week. Fuck. And this is back then, like, when they can get away with that yeah, kind of shit. Yeah, no, nobody's... There's no checks and there's balances. There's no checks and balances. It's the Wild West shit. So that's how he grew up, yeah. you know? And, and going back and forth between El Paso and Juarez, that, that's kind of what it was. So it was like they were kind of fighting for survival. So growing up, that's kind of what I was imprinted on me. Yeah, that, that, uh, that epic survival story. Of your parents. Of my parents. That were almost murdered by Border Patrol agents when they were kids. <laughs> but the thing is, my dad has such... This is what I love about Mexicanos is, like, we joke about the darkest shit all the time. I, I think um, the normalization of dark shit. It's like, so that was a normal for your, for your dad. You know? Yeah. yeah it was a, that was a normal... That was a few, every few months that shit happened probably or a Pretty few much. weeks, right? Getting beat up, jumped, uh, Nor- having your money stolen. I always tell people normal is a fluid concept to Mexicans, just, <laughs> just like gender is in the U.S. You know, just, <laughs> because Mexi- Mexican normal, like Tijuana normal, you know? Yeah. Like I was, I don't know, I remember where I was. Somebody started shooting somewhere in, somewhere in California. Somebody started shooting, you know, there was a shooting somewhere. And... I basically orientated towards where the shots were, you know, happening, and then just stood next to a concrete pillar, kind of like <laughs> waited out, and everybody else was running. Yeah, they're ducking down. They're crazy. Cover. Shit, like, they're like somebody said, like that. That's like very tactical of you. It's like, no, Tijuana, you, know, you finish like- your taco, you know, and then you jump over the bodies after they they get to, or maybe take a selfie with them. You're like, as soon as you're like, the shooting will stop. Yeah, these guys have 30 rounds. And then, <laughs> just, and then you can move. The, the, the concept of a Mexican normal is just weird. And also, Mexicans have a tendency to try and, yeah, we laugh that shit off. We laugh at everything. Yeah, man. oh, yeah, your dad used to beat, yeah, he beat me unconscious every day. I'm telling you right now, with the taxi driver, he was like, where's your family from? I was like, from Juarez. They're like, oh, they've been kidnapping all the women over there. He's like, did you, he's like, what did, did they ever solve that? I'm like, bro, I'm like, that's some dark web. <laughs> 
shit. I'm like, I'm not even looking into it. He's like, but I'm sure if, if they were selling these women, he's like, I'm sure they must have been hot, right? I'm like, he's like trying to get at like, these must have been some fine quadras. Basically tell me, he's like, are there any hot women in quadras left? This is, <laughs> this is, this is, this is a classic Mexican conversation from the dark shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this guy's trying to see if there's still hot women in quadras. He was, he's like, or had they all been kidnapped and murdered? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm just like, bro, yeah. this is, this is only in Mexico can you have these conversations about literally a massacre it's hard to cancel people here you could just run and change <laughs> names or have a secret family apparently so secret family still happen with social media and everything oh that it shit still happens you got you got to cover your tracks man that's still, why any dude happens. i meet he's like i'm not on social media i'm like this dude's you have got a secret, like four secret, side secret family, <laughs> secret family or so maybe like some sort of nazi that's hiding out still i don't yes. know like a holdout i guess i don't know you your your your, your parents find their way into texas they do. And my, and this is where I tell you my dad's and my family's sense of humor. And this is where it, it lands on me and the way I grew up. Yeah. So, yeah, my dad, you know, he gets older. This is the way he's grown up. My mom's in the same way, but she's more of like the good girl going to school and everything. She links up with my dad. Typical Mexican shit. Ends up getting pregnant at 17. And your dad had probably some game, you know? Oh, he... Social he, engineering shit. And he was the blue-eyed one blue in the eyed, neighborhood. Blue-eyed fucking John Sebastian-looking motherfucker. And not bro. only that, when my dad was coming up, you know what was big was uh, Saturday Night Fever, John Travolta, all that stuff. He was on Welcome. See, so we're, my dad... We're at the 70s now, so and yeah, he, yeah. he kind of looked like a Latino John Travolta. Yeah. So he had baggy, you know what I mean? Like the so, chicks... So that's the thing, like in Mexico, like having colored eyes as a mm. Mexican... That's just it's like a cheat a, code. It's like a superpower. It's oh, not look, fair. Look at his eyes. What's bad? You're like, you're, you're cow shit colored eyes, you know, looking <laughs> at him a little jealous. Like, that's the way, like, all the telenovela stars are oh, usually yes. some Mexican dude that has, like, deep blue, blue eyes. For blue someone. eyes. Probably went to fucking Russia and had some of those eye drops, you know? <laughs> yeah, know. Some shit like that. I was suspicious about fuckers like that. So your dad is... You know, he has that game. He had the game. He got my mom and he was just like, dude, you know, we're doing what what uh, Latinos do in this era, which is like, hey, you have a kid. Let's have him in the U.S. because that's our that's our entry point. You you don't want to say it. Come on, say the word. Anchor, baby. (laughs) You want want your anchor, uh, your anchor here. So. 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 okay, so this and this is where this is where the comedy. So they have to plan. Like, how do we get. A woman who's seven months pregnant. At so this she was point. seven months pregnant. Yeah, because they, they were waiting. They were like, "Let's wait, wait till we know it's no. healthy here, and then we cross over and have it." So it's a plan. That's a horrible plan. <laughs> so she has to cross the border hiding her stomach. I mean, I so yeah. yes, but this is what they do. So at this point, my dad's kind of hustled his way. He started. Got, he got a, a job under the table working in El Paso. So he started earning dollars for a while. And he, what he would do is he would clean up uh, a furniture factory. So they always had trucks, they had boxes, they had everything. And he would cross back and forth. So he kind of knew some of the border guys a little bit because he would cross over with the owner who was this older white man. Yeah. So, and he was just cleaning up. He was just being a helping hand, you know, getting paid under the table. So he finally gets enough money. He was like, hey, we got a place over there now. We cross over, we stay and we have the kid and then we're good. You figure it out. So he comes back, he has the, he has the furniture truck. He's got the box. He's got everything. And my mom basically had to hide in a refrigerator box. Sure, sure. This sounds completely normal. Yes. <laughs> so you're, your mom's seven-month pregnant hiding in a refrigerator box in the back of this furniture truck. In the back of the furniture truck. 
So he gets her in. They cross the border. And here's the thing. My dad crosses over. He's got blue eyes. And at this point, he's taught himself English yeah. by listening to audio tapes. That's beautiful. I, I, that's, I, I taught myself by listening to horrible mu uh, movies and shit like that. Yes. So he's, he's probably learning how to speak it and emulate it. Very much so. And at the time, you know, you're in Texas, so Paso, this is the Tejano culture where, like, a lot of Mexicans love country music. So at the time, you had, like, Willie Nelson, you had Waylon Jennings, you had, like, those outlaw country dudes being played on the radio. So he would tape them, steal the songs, listen to them. So he started to learn English with, like, a cowboy accent yeah. a little bit. You know? Hey, baby, que paso? You yeah, know, mamas don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. So that was like was playing on the wrist. So he knew all that. So anytime he would speak English, he would do it with like a Texas draw, and he would cross the border. Back then, they wouldn't check documents. You go like, American. I'm American citizen. Yeah, and they see blue eyes, so he would go right ahead. They believed it. Shit. Hey, again, there's a blue-eyed superpower. It's a fucking blue-eyed Mexicans, man. <laughs> I hate all of you. <laughs> Oh, trust me, I, I, yeah, it's, I hate him too. So, <laughs> so he crosses the border, right? They cross into it, they get safe. And then not only do you cross the border, but you also got to cross the checkpoint. The checkpoint's a bitch. Yeah, 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 yeah. So everyone is like, well, once you cross the border, you're good. You're like, yeah, but why? He's like, why do most people just cross the border and stay there? If I was there, I would go all the way to Maine or go all the way to a place where they would never look for me. You're like, no, no dude, there's checkpoint, bro. Checkpoints. The checkpoint is is the tester. Yeah. So he manages to get past the checkpoint. So now he knows that he's in the clear, right? Gets out of it. He decides, and this is where the comedy part comes in, he's going to fuck with my mom. He's going to pull a prank. Shit. That's At this moment. He's not a good man. <laughs> okay, so he's going he's gonna to pull this prank so on he this, pulls over. this lady that's been in the box. For like three hours at this point. Who's pregnant? Who's seven, pregnant? Seven. His 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 wife, yeah. the mother of his child, let me, let unborn me, let, child. Let me just let me just do this practical joke on her. Okay. So he gets out and then he starts doing a voice. He's like doing his Texas voice. He's like, oh, he's like, oh, officer, no, 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 please, uh, everything's fine. He's like, oh, what's in this box? You got something back? And he's like banging on the box and everything, and he's like, she's like. He's like, no, 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 please don't. No. And, she's, and he's like, there's something in this box. And he's doing his voice. So he's doing a voice. And then he, like, opens it really fast. He's like, I think there's a woman back here. And opens it. And it's my mom. And she's just, like, in tears crying. And my dad is just there smiling, laughing. Oh, no. <laughs> shit. <laughs> it is, it's funny as shit, but it's also, man. That guy. And I'm like, I, my dad tells me a story. And, he, of course, he tells the story when he's have a, a couple of tequilas in and he's laughing his ass off and i'm just thinking this shit i'm like you fucking i'm like she could have lost the baby yeah you know, all that stress this is fucking <laughs> but that's the kind of guy he was he was just always looking despite all the shit he went through he was always trying to like hey how can i make something funny yeah this gleeful darkness in him <laughs> yes yeah could get it it was the darkness and again that's that's what mexicans do you know, how can we pull a prank? How can we get a laugh? How can we do something despite dealing with a life or death situation? Literally, it's let, life or death. Let me figure out how to make this funny. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, that sounds about right. So that was that a sibling of yours? Or that's, that was my oldest brother. Your oldest brother. Yeah, my oldest brother. So how many are you? How many are I you? have three brothers. That's a good number. That's yeah. a good number. I, I'm, 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 my family, so my dad was 12. He comes from uh, 12 siblings, and then he had... Three kids, three sons. There you go. So it's like we're going smaller. So, you, go. so three, 
So you're one of three. I'm the I'm the accident. So I'm the youngest one. You know. Well, one of three. One of three. Yeah. 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 Four boys, three boys. That's it. Yeah. So yeah, that was that was exactly kind of how we came up. So then from there, my parents, you know, once they got past that checkpoint, they're like, where do we plant our flag? They stayed in El Paso for a little bit, and then they moved to San Antonio. And my dad, to help himself out, he gave my oldest brother the same exact name as him. So he had a birth certificate, a U.S. birth certificate. Okay, junior. And guess what he did? The baby was born. My oldest brother was, is exactly 20 years or, yeah, 20 years apart. My mom was 17. My dad was 19. By the time my brother was born, he was 20. So what he did is he took the birth certificate and he doctored it because they have the exact same name. Yeah. So he, he, he changed, changed the, the date. date. Yes. The year of born. So now he had a legal U.S. real document, and he could travel anywhere in the United States with that. So he had that birth certificate with him. That was his pass. Dude. <laughs> Fucking that guy's a man. He should, he should train the CIA. <laughs> <laughs> That's some CIA shit. That's, um, so that was it. And that, that from there, they could travel everywhere. And then from there, my dad, my parents, they moved to San Antonio which they felt like this is a good space. It's a, it was a small city at the time. We're talking about like, yeah, like early eighties, late seventies. Not that anymore. No, it's not. But it's yeah, yeah but, but like, so San Antonio, what's that like growing up there? San Antonio is cool, man. There's a lot of Mexicano. Um, but again, there's also a lot of like, so growing up, you know, you have a lot of Mexicanos and you're born in the U S I'm born in the U S but you have people that are not born in the U S that show up. What's that interaction like when you're a kid? What do you mean, like, like, like Mexican, like straight up Mexican, straight up nopal on the nopales and the tortillas, <laughs> Mexicans showing up, like, hey, tu qué puto? Was there? A, like, I mean, what was that like? It's weird because I, I feel, I know I was born in the U.S., but I grew up very in a very Mexican household. I mean, you was, have, it, was it just Spanish going on? Only in the house? Spanish, yeah. So, My, you, what, like, what are you watching on TV? And is, is is are your parents watching the same shit on as you are on TV, or are they trying to be Americanized, or is it just you? That's no, they definitely did. I mean, they they got into you know this is like the '80s, right? So Reagan era, 80s. the Reagan era '80s. Um, which, you know, that that did help my family because my mom, they were able to get a pathway to citizenship with the amnesty law and everything that passed. So, yeah, that did help. Like, yeah. that helped a lot of families. Yeah. Um, so once they kind of got into that mode, yeah, they started to get very Americanized, um, you know, trying to, you know, keep up with the Joneses, you know, yeah. once you're there. So my dad, he, he started doing, he started a couple of, he started a small business. He, op he opened up two restaurants. Um, what type of restaurants? What do you think, bro? I mean, maybe Chinese, Indian, Korean. Yeah, we had the best so, pecking duck in so, San Antonio. So, so like, if you, so like, my curiosity with that, like, what type of Mexican? So, when you say Mexican restaurant, yeah, I'm from Mexico and I've been to Texas. I don't know what the fuck those guys are making in those kitchens. It's something. I don't know what it is. So, what what, what was like? Caldo de res. Okay. So straight up Mexican. Cause, yeah. So, and then, yeah, once we got in, we brought the whole family over. Yeah, so. caldo, caldo de res, for people that don't know, is just this fucking giant beef stew with a bone in it. Beef stew, bone, bone and, and like a piece of corn usually in there. Corn, potatoes. Giant, whole potatoes. What you would imagine. <laughs> whole potatoes. What you would imagine like hobbits eating at that inn that they went to with that big soup. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly, they, they were eating caldo It's literally, rice. yeah, like a medieval. And then, and then not only that, you get like lemons and you just squeeze. No reason to put lemon. lemon in there, but you have to, yes. 
And then uh, you're and then you're wrapping a tortilla, dipping it. Yeah, you're and dunking in it. tortillas like you would dunk an Oreo into milk. So for <laughs> for for the gringos watching this, you know, listening to this. Yeah, so it was real Mexican food, obviously. Yeah. Um, two restaurants. So he did that, and then he sold the restaurants. So he had some money now. He got an offer. He sold them. So he started kind of building his way up, and then we uh, decided to move into kind of the outskirts of San Antonio. Um, so we grew up like in a ranch in a small town called Marion, Texas. Cool. So it's be- it's kind of between El pa- uh between uh, San Antonio and Austin. When you say a ranch, I mean like a like a little rancho, you know. You With know, my dad horses around and shit. Yeah, my dad, he was like obsessed with horses. So you know, over there you could buy. I, a horse. I, I want to be racist, but did you, did you guys keep chickens? <laughs> we had chickens, Dad. We had chickens. <laughs> of course, you did. We had chickens. We had a, a gallo, gallo, you know, which you would name after you know relatives. <laughs> it's el gallo Rogelio. Gallo Rogelio, yeah. <laughs> Probably like a skinny relative you have that has a big one of those big Mexican stomachs and skinny legs. Yeah, like, hey, el, ese gallo, like, they have the the red girdle, right? The rooster, like, kind of looks like your tío Victor, so let's call him Victor. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you name them dogs, man. My mom used to name dogs after, like, neighbor women that she didn't like, you know? <laughs> Esa perra cabrona. Yeah, she was like, hey, Brenda, and the fucking dog would come over. <laughs> that neighbor would be just all pissed off, like, fucking like wanting. Yeah, they knew. They were like, there's some, there some bad they blood know. there. So you move into this rural area. Cool. That's and then, and then, so this was the crazy part. We were the only. It was this was like pretty much an all white Anglo town. You were only beans and the rice. And the only Mexicans they knew were like the straight up like Baisa. You know, and I mean, basically what my parents were ten years prior. Yeah. Right. You, yeah. So, you know, my dad comes in and you know he's he's doing a little better. Like he's kind of picking himself up, and uh, immediately, like, one time. Uh, I had a, I asked if uh, a friend could come over, and his dad and his parents wouldn't let him come over to my house. So, you, like, you asked one of your little white friends. One of my white friends. What was his name? It's like Tyler. Tyler, of course, <laughs> of course. So you asked Tyler, who has Tyler. Pro- Tyler probably has the bluest eyes on the planet. White, white, kid. freckly. He looks like looks he, like Dennis the Menace. He looks like little Debbie's little brother or something yeah. like that. You know, something and like this that. This is '90s. So I'm like, hey, come over. We could come we, over. We could play uh, ner- Nerf guns. No. Everything and his parents would not let him, and he was like, "Oh, my parents won't let me come over, like at all." But They're like, "But you, you can did, come over here." Did you? Did you kind of like? Know? I just didn't know why. Okay. So then, I remember there were kids. Uh, they were having a birthday party, and then they invited other kids, and then they invite me. And after a while, like I told my mom, and she ran into one of the parents, and. They were like, well, we just, you know, we don't, what kind of, you know, they start asking questions about like what my dad does. And they're like, oh, you know, he like, he bought, at this point he was like kind of buying and selling businesses, yeah. which was like, he kind of found his footing, you know, in, in, you know, in America, which is good. That's what you want. But once my parents were kind of explained that to those people in the small town, that just didn't make sense. Like you were either a you, carpenter, a fireman, like basically like a blue collar job. Yeah. So when they hear this, this and they're like, why fast. are these Mexicans? By the way, too, like, why are these Mexicans moving into this part, a small town outside of San Antonio versus living in the city? Yeah. So yeah. then it came out that they, they thought uh, my dad was uh, a narco. Yeah. That That's makes exactly sense. exactly what they he thought. Would, he would make sense. You know, this blue-eyed fucking Mexican in this fucking ex- <laughs> this house that is like, that guy, yeah, those men. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I could, I could make that assumption, I guess. So basically, yeah. I would have like, used that shit out of that though. <laughs> I would have parked wherever the fuck I wanted, you know. 
just fucking fingered everybody. Fuck, what, what are you going to do? ¿Qué vas a hacer? Fucking do some of that. Yeah. It was probably not. That and the probably- cop, by this time, the cops um, would definitely, they had it out. So at this point, uh, my older brother was already in high school, the one that was the one in the box. Yeah. And he's in high school, and he's getting shit. Like, anytime he goes out with his friends. He gets stopped. Yeah, he would get stopped, everything. And they just they just knew us. We, we were a marked family in yeah. town. They would get harassed. So when you talk about, like, being fish out of water, it's like, look, the whole goal of the U.S. is to come here and do well. Yeah. But, like, when you're a Mexicano and you're doing well, that's you're the like, first why? thing. Yeah. And by the way, you know who else points that finger? It's other Mexicanos. Oh, too, yeah, right? yeah. Ah, is it narco, cabrón? You're, you're like, like why? You found some money buried in a wall somewhere is what I, I, I would get, you know? <laughs> it's like I fucking crossed the border with 10 grand, you know, and I somehow made a business out of it, and I'm still to this day they're like, you fucking probably found a million dollars in a wall somewhere. Like, no, <laughs> found no, nothing, no shit. Yeah, the suspicion of it, I guess. So, you, but you know what? I talked to a friend of mine who's who's a comic. Um, his name is David Lucas, um, which you know he's he's with the whole Kill Tony crew. Um, but he told me that happens too with the black community. The like, if you yeah. get out and you make a lot of money, people are like, oh, he's, you come he's back dealing. Yeah. yeah, he's or dealing snitching. Snitching. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. So I think it, I think it's there's a little bit of that 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 minority envy like we kind of envy each other a little bit and we kind of try to write things off. When you realize this, what does it do to you? I mean, you're you're imagine you're growing up self-identifying as a Mexican American or American. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they think yeah they think my whole family is a narco family. Your whole family is basically Chapa Guzman's uh, family so out there. The one thing my dad did is he knew like what was. He talked to basically people that were pretty affluent in the town. So this is, yeah, I, I could write a whole s- series about this, which now that I'm saying it out loud, actually, I think it's, it's interesting. So he knew that there was, a, there was a local bank, and the main banker there like, was basically kind of the mouthpiece for the town. Yeah. Because he knows who's doing business, what's doing what. So my dad goes to the banker, and he goes, hey, look, I want to get a $50,000 loan. And I could put up my house for equity. And the reason he did that, he's like, I want to do it because I'm. I wanted to. I wanted to purchase this business, and I need some. I want to use the bank's money, and I'll pay it back. The reason he did that is because they go through all of your finances. Yeah, to legitimize himself in front of the biggest eyes he could. Yes, really. So he goes there, goes through the whole loan application, shows his tax, shows how he's been getting his money and everything. After that, within two weeks, we get when we. My parents would pick me up from school. Oh, hi, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Torres Day. And blah, blah. Now everyone's starting to be nice because he knew word would get out if I did that. I would have still <laughs> leaned into the whole cartel thing. By <laughs> Just come out there with a gold gun. Oh, hey, what's going on? Yeah, Ed, you would have come out with your cowboy hat, a brand new uh, F-150. I mean, if I was your dad, I would have the, dark tinted the, windows. the cobra head boots. <laughs> You know those things? You step out of the car with that fucking cobra head on your boot. No, the and then this is the one thing, the one thing the, on the back of the of your F one fifty is uh Calderon, right? Yeah. The, the last to, name on the back glass. You have to have your name on the back. <laughs> Otherwise they don't know it's yours, even though you're driving it. A sticker <laughs> of a parrot, a goat, and a and and a and a rooster. The Virgin Mary. You have photo to have, you have hanging. to have those two three animals because like the the the, the rooster is cocaine. <laughs> No wait no no the root no the roost what's the guy no the rooster is weed, the parrot is cocaine and the goat is heroin. 
Is that right? Dude. I, I don't know this. The, you, this I'm, is I'm the, educating, yeah. educating the, the Mexican-American uh, people. But that's what you. That's the code they have. That's I make my money off. El perico that's de una chiva. Oh, Betty. Yes, that makes sense now. It's fine. Don't worry about it. No, so your dad took the better route. He's not a horrible Mexican like I am. <laughs> he figured out how to basically... Well, I wouldn't say that either. Well, <laughs> you know, he, he figured it out at least to make it bearable for you guys there, I guess. Yeah. But... Uh, what does that experience do to you as you, as uh, growing up? Like, well, do you it, did you try harder to fit in? It's the first time I realized that people are always gonna put try to categorize you. Yeah, and then and you know when you're a different culture, that's the easiest way to do it. Yeah. So when that happened, I realized I was like, oh, like you got to understand. It's like, yeah, you're you're gonna be different in in certain situations. And the thing is, is like take the higher road. Unfortunately, we have to take the higher road. Yeah, there's no option. When you're a minority, you if you don't take the yeah. higher road, you it just makes shit worse yeah. for yeah. you. Roll, by the way, roll by the, with it or die. Basically. Exactly. And uh, when you're white, you could take the low road, and you're like, oh, I'll be fine. <laughs> Come out the other side. Sometimes. I mean, yeah. If they're in control of the town, here's the thing: it's whoever's in control of the situation yeah. you're in. Yeah. So. But, so you have this. Man, that's like some roadhouse. I imagine this is also the the, town. the immigrant mentality too, where it's like every time you're out, you got to be dressed up as best as possible. Yeah, you have to impress. Don't try to create chaos. This is why when you see a lot of Mexicans, they're always quiet. They're not trying to be loud yeah, because low, they're like it attracts profile. attention. No, 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 yo estoy bien aquí. They're like, sir, can I help you? Like, no, 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 yo estoy bien. I'll find it. And the guy's just wandering the store for an hour. Yeah, dude, I happened to me recently. I was in New York visiting a friend of mine. This dude just waiting outside the ER, literally with like a freaking like a, he. It looked like he fell from a construction site or something. Yeah. Like dude was bad. He had bandages, there's blood, and he's quiet, waiting for someone from ER to come up to him. And I realized he was just there. I'm like, ¿Qué pasó, amigo? And just in Spanish, he's like, and his eyes lit up. He's like, No, les dije que me estoy dañado, pero no, no tengo papel. And so I just went up and I just straight up and helped yeah. out the dude. Yeah. Because I'm like, that's how our people, unfortunately, yeah. it's like. You get quiet. You don't ask for shit. You, you don't. don't ask for shit. There's no way. Uh, yeah. Stay out of the way. Stay out of the way and keep a little profile. Hide. Yeah. E and even when you get past the point where there's paperwork or that you're legal or that you have everything, you know, done, you're still, I could lose it though. Yeah. I could lose you it. Not, I don't want to risk. I don't want to do this, you know? This is why, yeah, we're also, we talk about being religious. It's like, it's like, Ay, lo mande Dios, you know what I mean? Like, if God allows it, that's literally a common Mexican phrase. So because, again, you know, there's that, that living in fear. So, you know, my parents, they kind of instilled like, hey, when you're out, dress as best as possible, speak English as best as possible. It was all about just trying to fit in and assimilate, which I, I think... That's kind of a good thing, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think it's a good thing because every other generation that has succeeded has had to assimilate. I think yeah. we've all had to go through those it's, growing it's, pains. It's funny, like, so I'm, so my daughter's American. Yes. And I'm going to be, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the bean that crossed the border and, <laughs> and did it legally. Um, Sell out. Fine. <laughs> I get it. It's hard. Uh, but, like, seeing, you know, culturally, like I, I, it's not that I Americanize myself. I grew up on the border, so I'm already Americanized by growing up on the border. Yeah. So like, I don't dress like a Mexican, <laughs> is what I get sometimes. Like, ah, oh, 
I, w- I wouldn't have seen you dress like this. Like, what do you want me to dress like? You're the pearly shirt, I guess, or the. I mean, a little bit. Uh, I try. Was your cross every now and then? <laughs> your cross on the every, neck. I have a giant reaper, but yeah. every now and then, th- every now and then, like I get that. But also, I find it fascinating when, like, the second or third generation of Amer- uh, Mexican Americans, like, you'll go to their house and they're dressed like Frida Kahlo, you know? <laughs> yeah, and we, you're like, we, we try to turn into it sometimes. And you're like, yeah, they're like, it's like, what do you think? She was a horrible artist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going to hurt some and feelings, man. I know. <laughs> that, if people don't think that Frida Kahlo was a horrible artist, I will I'll make a wager that I can find at least three other amazing female Mexican artists from the same time. Oh, there's time a lot of great, yeah. That weren't uh, married to a famous muralist, you know? <laughs> That's why she got famous. But anyways, um, it's funny how, you know, we get far from it and then we have to get it back. Yeah. And we become, you know, look like Coco exploded over us, you know, like a Pixar movie exploded over us. I think I think it's because, yeah, I think I think the older you get and I think the further the generations get is that they they almost kind of want to go back to their roots. Yeah. And then you realize you're like now, especially now. Too- and I also think in this generation now, like you can stay true to your roots and everyone's kind of on board. And that's usually when they'll meet the Mexican wall. <laughs> because Mexican, Me- Mexicano tenemos una pared. We have a wall. Yeah. And the wall is, and I'm I'm already over it, right? So I migrated, so I'm not really Mexican anymore. Do you feel that? Do you feel like you have no, to compensate it Mex- a little bit? Mexicans will consider that of me. Like, I sell out. You went there. You left. I had to. Right? Yeah. But on the other end of it, you know, I'm not Mexican enough to some second or third generation Americans. Like, hey, you don't speak with an accent. What's your accent? <laughs> Right? You, I want, you want me to have the I can I, I can turn it on if you want. Okay, amigo. Aquí I, can, I can speak Let's like this it. and I can, you know, be like a L.A. TV reporter, like, we're going now to San Isidro Boulevard, you know, like <laughs> go into that type of shit. But, I, but in my mind, I'm like, hey, I'm new here. I need to kind of figure out how to blend it. Yeah. So I work on my shit. But that apparently isn't good. I, it's, it's a whole There is a whole, struggle. and this is the one thing where, our country, our home country, right, where our, our family's from, you're, you're from Mexico, is right on the border with the United States. So our cultures are blended through. Completely. No other, I don't think there, there's no other immigrant that has to deal with this, right? And it's like that classic, like, Selena speech from the movie with Edward Jane Lomar, like, it's exhausting, you know? Because it kind of is. It's like yeah. when you go to Mexico to be with your family, you're whole hardcore Mexicano, and then you come back and you're crossing the... Uh, the checkpoint through yeah. customs, right? And you're like, yes, sir, American. I was there visiting my family. Uh, we had a posada, right? <laughs> you're like trying to. We like, had a pinata that was very beautiful. Yeah. You know, the, the dogs were on the roofs. But yeah, you, even you're saying you're like, the food, a little bit too spicy, though. Yeah, you, you have, have to, to. You have to you do shift your, it. You, you alter it. Yeah. As black people would say, you have to do your job interview voice. Yeah, and another thing we do every now and then, like, is your Spanish speaker. We go into language stealth modes, mm. you know? Yeah. When you're like, if you're if you're a Mexican American and you're in Mexico, and they haven't found out yet, <laughs> you know you qui- you just get quiet, and all of a sudden you have to say something and like, ah, ocho, you know you get it. Oh, hundred percent. And when you're over there, some fuckers are just talking mad shit about you in Spanish or something or English, you know. I mean, but I mean, they they see us like we get the. By the way, I also used to think because I'm like you know we're both taller, right? So the yeah. height can kind of help. Yeah, I'm I'm six feet, so it's like a lot of times they get the uh, 
the assumption of what you look like, yeah. and then they kind of size you up based on like, okay, está alto, tiene pelo largo. This is the only hey, way, man. You were born in America. Yeah, the, <laughs> you know the, I mean? the only way you can tell is by that uh, vaccination scar. That's how I sell. <laughs> Where are you from? I'm Mexican. Let me see your vaccination scar. <laughs> and if you don't have it, you're like, no, you know, you're not. This is how you have to have one of those holes in your arm because we still poison ourselves and our children with that shit. Oh, dude, you have 80s. to. <laughs> you have to. Um, but that, there's that cross-culturalness where it's like, you're right. You, kind, you have to play both sides of the field. It's always part of you. So I think that also allows, too, for you to notice a lot of nuance within other cultures as well. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. Like, it's so funny. I saw a video, and, like, unless you live within the communities, you can see through a lot of, especially what the media does with bullshit. This is why I started doing the Latinx shit. Yeah. Because it was everybody but real Latinos saying what we want to be labeled as. Yeah. And what that did was the first time that Latinos, like, they realize they're like, oh, these people don't want their culture changed. Yeah. These people don't want us to go in and kind of wokeify what their culture is. Like, we're so proud of it. And I hate it when they're like, well, it's being more inclusive. You're like, no, no, no. You don't realize. You're like, you guys take this away from us. You're taking away our identities. Yeah. And it was the first time I think a lot of Latinos realized they're like, wait, wait wait, what's this Latinx shit? Yeah. It's like the first time because we're so worried about being in America and we're so worried about, you know, succeeding. We don't, we, most of my Mexicans in the United, they don't think about politics as much as other groups do. I mean, I, I'm Mexican. I heard the whole Latinx thing for the first time and I was like, yes. You mean, are we divorced from Latino culture <laughs> or are we like X-Men now? It was, it was the smelling salt to realize they're like, oh, they're, they're coming for us, yeah, like and they're trying to change our culture to use us as political pawns. Yeah. And that's all the first thing I was like, and I use comedy to identify the nuance, because I think that's the best way to do it. So once, once we started doing the jokes about that, that's when we started realizing that as far as like Latinos go, they go, oh, shit, we, we're paying attention now. Yeah. Like, you guys aren't going to get away with this. And that's mm. when you started seeing a lot of the blowback with it because, again, three or four generations deep, dressing like Frida Kahlo, listening to Ramon Ayala tapes, like, we're not letting the culture go because, again, we're right on the border. Yeah. Like, you guys can't just come in, and throw a bucket of water, and rinse it off the just Latinoism. Put, just put an X in there. <laughs> yeah. okay. So, again, it's, it's the culture. It stays with us. And that, you know, when you grow up in it, there's no shaking it. Yeah. It's it's always with you.